Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi, everyone. This is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. And I'm excited to have Arun Bithrams, uh, who's an avid angel investor in numerous companies. He has more than 10 unicorns uh, in his portfolio, namely Notion, Carta, Rappi, Tala, Bolt, and others. Uh, next to investing to startups, Yaron uh, helps companies grow faster and smarter. He combines true business sense with deep knowledge of digital marketing. He's also an author of 10 books on online strategy and digital marketing with seven bestsellers. He's a frequent guest at business news radio where he charges pitches from startups and provides commentary on startups. Welcome to the show, Yaron. Thank you. Awesome. So, uh, you know, you've been an uh, angel investor uh, for, for quite quite a while. You run your own syndicate. So what got you interested to be in this space world of venture capital? Yeah, so, so well, I, I used to have my own company and at some point uh, I had an exit. And uh, so, so I had some proceeds from there and I was looking to invest in uh, in companies. But it's, it's, it's a tough business. It's not easy to invest in companies. I am. Um, I, I, I put some money in some companies because I trusted the guys and, and they had great stories, but but the first three ones failed, I guess. So I lost all my money. But it's yeah. it's, it's it's good to make mistakes early because if you make mistakes early, you learn much quicker. Um, but if you start angel investing, it's important to start with small checks, do many small checks in many companies. You will make mistakes in the beginning, but you will learn from that. But don't use too, too much money in the beginning. But the, the thing I like about angel investing is mostly that you are helping people, you know, realize their dreams, I guess. And there's so much energy there. Uh, um, people are happy. Um, it's just great to be involved with, 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 with smart young people who are trying to build something beautiful. I, I guess that's what attracts me most. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very interesting. And, you, you know, you talked about setting your first company, uh, you know, when, when did that happen, and you know, what was the company all about? Yeah, so so the company started in uh, in about two thousand, so a long time ago. And 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 in hindsight, we actually built a, a marketplace because what we did is that what we let people, consumers, apply for loans and mortgages and uh, uh, insurances, and they came to our platform, and we sold those leads to banks, insurers, and and you know, mortgage providers. And if 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 uh, you know a loan was granted or a mortgage was 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 realized, we we got a, a kickback for that. So it's it's a pretty much an old fashioned marketplace, uh, a long time ago. And and we 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 ran that for a couple of years. I think we sold it in two thousand and eight. And at that time, I started investing first in VC funds actually. And and at, at some point, I thought, well, I want to be more involved with the companies that I that that I see. And 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 that's when I when I you know started angel investing, I guess. Interesting. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned about, uh, you know, uh, realizing the dreams of the founders. Uh, uh, you know, how much, uh, how much, you, you know, somebody who's just starting out uh, investing into start startups, how much money would you uh, recommend them to invest into each startup and how much of the network should be there into risky asset class like, uh, you know, angel investing? Yeah, so, so. I always advise people ask me about this is, is to spread their bets. So, so depending on the on the available budget you have for for investing, um, try to try to spread it. You know, over 10, 20 companies per year. And oh, I understand okay. this sounds like a lot because it's it's a lot of work. Because if you want to invest in ten to twenty companies, you have to see, you know, a, a multiple of those companies because you can't invest in every company you see. So it's a lot of work. 
Um, but only by spreading your bets, uh, you, you will increase your chances of, of, of having a home run. And, and venture capital is really, in the way I see it, and the way in my portfolio it works that way, it's, it's a home run bus. It's a hits business. You need a couple of hits in your portfolio to be able to make a good you know, return on your, on your investments. And if you, if you do too few investments, it's just not going to work out. It's going to be too hard. Right. And, and, and would you suggest you know, putting a small amount, even like $1,000 or $1,500? Yeah, so, so when I started out, you know, there wasn't a platform like, like Angelus or, or, or many of the other platforms which are available now. So I did direct investments in companies and I, I did direct investments of, of you know, 10K, maybe 20K, small tickets, but, but, but big enough to, to, you know, to be on a cap table, I guess, and, uh, and, and, and to have some influence on the situation. Um, but, 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 but deliberately small because, um, I did a good exit with my company, but, but not big enough to, to have an unlimited amount of money to, to keep spending. So, so I thought, you know, let's try with small checks, see what works, see what I can learn from it and move on from there. Got it. And, uh, you know, what, what has been the, the single biggest change in, in the, in the venture landscape, uh, since you started investing, uh, in 2007 and eight. Uh, yeah, yeah there's been a lot of changes. Yeah, it's 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 totally changed. I mean, well, in the United States, it has totally changed. I, I must say, in Europe uh, uh, and in my home country, the, the Netherlands, um, it's pretty much the same still. But but in the United States, of course, we we have we have platforms. We have many platforms. I guess one of the most um, famous, one of the most active ones, is AngelList. I, I mean, I'm pretty active there. I have, I have my own syndicate there. Um, I work with another syndicate with a couple of people. We have we have DVC as a syndicate. But syndicates have really um, changed the VC landscape big time because they will let you invest very small amounts, like from one thousand dollars, in 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 great companies with, with with great VCs in the round. You know, I mean, I mean, ten years ago you could never invest with with, with Andreessen Horowitz in the round or with Sequoia Capital. It was impossible. You couldn't reach that. But now you can you can just reach that. I mean, I mean, uh, um, with one thousand dollars. So I mean, you you can really build a, a big portfolio uh, with great companies and. Uh, and, and then the next step has been the rolling funds, of course, which Angels has introduced. But it means that many, you know, entrepreneurs uh, can start their own fund and, and, and start writing checks really quickly and easily, um, which means that, that, that they're taking over some part of traditional VCs, I guess. And, and, and that has made things easier for startups, I guess, because they, they can they can get money from way more people, from people that have been entrepreneurs themselves uh, a bit more. So uh, I, I think it's a good thing. Right. No, I think you made some, uh, some very relevant points uh, about AngelList, uh, Rolling Fund and all. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I had Peter Livingston from Unpopular VC uh, who, who had an unpopular view saying that, you know, some of these syndicates could be, you know, top five or top 10, uh, you know, uh, uh, firms a couple of years down the line. Uh, so, do you think uh, you know platforms like AngelList and all can can really uh, disrupt the, the venture capital landscape? Um, yeah, they, they will. They will have a significant impact. But 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 at the same time, um, the VC landscape is huge. There is so much money in there, and 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 while AngelList and other platforms as well, they're doing a great job as well. I mean, I mean, it's not just AngelList, I guess, but. They're, they're doing very well, but, but still, uh, it, it's, it's just a couple of percentage they have of the market. And they will grow further, but, but still, a large part of the market will still be owned or operated by, by more traditional VCs. I think the VCs will also change, you know, 
uh, in a better way, but, 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 but some VCs are just really strong. Uh, the brand name VCs will remain there. They, they have specific knowledge about industries, about partnerships, about, about the way you can help um, um, companies. And many VC funds only do a few investments per year, so they are really dedicated, while, while, while um, some angelist funds do many, many uh, uh, investments per year. So they will be a little, little bit less hands-on than traditional VC funds. So, so they will both keep existing, I guess. Right. And uh, uh, you know, you, you talked about uh, there's the, the lot of capital out there. You know, Bill Gurley talks about the biggest challenge is the oversupply of capital today. Uh, do, do you think that's a that's a concern that there are the lot of VC firms now trying to uh, trying, trying to help our founders, or do you think no, there, there is space for everyone out there? Uh, I, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, I think valuations have gone totally crazy. Um, there's so there's so much money in the market. There's so many VC funds. There are these rolling funds, of course, who want to get, want to get a piece of, of of the big companies, of the, of the great startups. Um, everybody's competing, which means for startups, it's it's a super time because because they can pretty much, if if you're a good startup with with strong founders, repeat founders, and you have some, you have some good traction. You can ask anything you like. I mean, I mean, valuations have, have shut up like crazy. And I think for investors, it's it may not be the best time to invest right now, or at least you got to be very careful where you put your money because you you, you know you got to have some sort of upside. And upside, you know, with, with high valuations, upside is going to be less. It's as easy as that. So I, I think it's a bit out of control. Um, and it's it's it started right after the first you know, COVID uh, lockdown, I guess, you know, in the middle of last year, uh, first two months, nothing happened. You know, the whole VC value chain just, just quit. I mean, nothing was happening anymore at, at some point and everybody was, was thinking what's going to happen next. And then within a, within a few months, it just exploded as if all the money that had been, you know, paused just came together in, in one moment and, and hit the market and just blew up everything. It's crazy out there. Do I have an interesting stat for you? Did you know that the founder of Beautiful Lives Increase the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash socialpilot to get a 14-day free trial. And, 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 you know, how would uh, VC firms like Tiger, Global, and SoftBank, uh, who have really changed the, the whole dynamics or, or trying to change the dynamics of, of, the, of the venture landscape by, uh, uh, by looking at speed uh, with which they are, you know, funding startups? Uh, you, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on, on Tiger, Global, really, you know, uh, uh, raising a large fund? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's two things happening there. I mean, the, the, the Tiger and the Tiger Global and, and the SoftBanks and a couple of more, they, they, they have huge funds. That's one thing. So they, they got a lot of money to deploy. And uh, the second thing is they've become much quicker. They're faster. You know, be, before the, the, these funds took like three, four months to look at a company, you know, uh, talk about it for, for, for months. But, but right now, I'm, at least that's my feeling. Of course, I, I, I mean, that's what I'm hearing in the market. I mean, in a few weeks, they, they can put down hundreds of millions and, and, yeah. and, and um, they're not scared of, of, of paying a high price, you know. So, so that has changed and that has made things easier for startups. But it's made things tougher for other funds, you know, because if, if these huge players can easily uh, get into the game and, 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 you know, decide faster than before, uh, then funds which used to be fast um, are competing with them now, which is tough for some of them. 
Right. Yeah. And absolutely. And, uh, you know, going back to what you mentioned before uh, about running your own personal syndicate, uh, yeah, you know, what, what is the thesis for the syndicate that you run? Are you uh, state, sector, and geography agnostic? Yeah, so, so for my personal syndicate, um, I, I look for B2B SaaS companies. Well, I, I, like, I like any company with, which has recurring revenue. Okay. Um, because I understand the game, I, I used to have a company which, which had the same, so I understand how to analyze these kinds of companies. And, and I think, um, well, they're not easy to build, but, 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 but you know, it's, 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 if, if you build it well, if you get a right team, you, you can build something with, with, with little downside, you know, so... It's, you, you, you can build a company which grows fast, steady, um, um, and, 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 you know, get valuable, I guess. And um, so I like those very much. I know those, I understand those. Um, those are pretty much my focus. Uh, I, I don't have a, um, you know, region, I'm region agnostic, I guess. Any company with, which has B2B sales recurring revenue, which has a strong team, which has initial traction, it has, it has to show that it's traction and not just traction from friends and family, but traction from you know, <laughs> customers, they, they don't really know. Um, like a lot of pitch decks these days, which, which show traction. And, and then when you ask and look at it, it's traction from friends. Well, it's okay, but that's not cold traction, right? I want, I want to see cold traction from people they don't know. Um, then I'm interested, you know, in those companies. And, uh, and, you know, uh, I understand you've been in, investing through, through syndicate for, for uh, quite some time. Uh, you know, how's the world of fundraising changed uh, with COVID and, you know, uh, uh, what has been the relationship with founders when they're trying to, you know, raise funding through a very complex of funding timelines? Yeah, so, so I mean, um, before, of course, companies used to visit, you know, feces and go by their office and yeah. sometimes have to travel a long time, you know, sometimes other countries even. That has changed. I mean, right, right now, even the, the, the big name, brand name VCs are, are, are using Zoom or other tools to, to talk with founders. So this means that a founder is able to, to you know, take one week and, or maybe two days even and, and, and plan, you know, uh, five or six meetings per day and, 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 and talk to 30 VCs in a week. And, and the next week, they'll have a term sheet and sign. Well, before it used to be, you know, you you, you got to find your spot at at the VC. You you got to you got to you got to wait for a couple of weeks to get in and and drop by, and uh, so things have gotten much faster and much easier for companies. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think uh, they can they can sit out of anywhere and 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 build uh, that relationship. But uh, but for founders who you know who are listening to this podcast, uh, you know, are there any? Uh, uh, you know, suggestions or any advice on how do you build off the relationship of Zoom? Because, you know, when you meet somebody face-to-face, -face, you know, there's a different uh, way of building a relationship. But uh, are there any uh, advice for founders who want to, you know, really build some sort of a relationship with uh, VCs? Yeah, so, so the, uh, the, 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 this, is, this is pretty much an issue because um, I think as a founder, you need to understand that, that, that when you choose your VC, you're pretty much marrying someone, right? It, right. It's, it's, it's a relationship for, 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 the 10, for the 10 coming years or maybe seven, you know, whatever happens. But, but it's, it's for a long time. And, 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 and um, you need to understand that you cannot choose within one, one day or one week. Even if there's money on the table, even if it's a great valuation, you still got to consider that you're marrying someone here. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you got to be smart about that. So, so 
I think even though things can go fast, you, st you still should take your time, do your diligence, find out about the VC, you know, get, get referrals, talk to other companies that, that have been funded by the VC and try to find a match, a cultural match with, uh, uh, with the VC because you got to work with them, they're, they're, you know, in good times, but also in bad times. And um, I always tell, tell companies, you know, uh, um, when, 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 I, when I want to invest in them, you know, I, I give them a list of companies I invest in and, and I tell them, you know, ask these companies what I did when they, had, when they were in, in, you know, in, in, in bad times. Did I help them? Did I not help them? And I think every company should do something like that. They should talk to other companies and ask them, you know, did the VC really help you, yes or no? And is it going to help you in the future? Got it, got it. And, uh, you know, you, you also uh, run another uh, syndicate called DBC Fund uh, along with San, uh, Sandeep Aguja. Uh, you know, what what are the thesis for the fund? Is it similar to uh, the thesis that you run for your personal syndicate? Yes, correct. So so, so with Sandeep and a couple of others, I, I have a pretty big syndicate on AngelList. Uh, we formed it like, uh, well, beginning of 2021. Uh, doing a lot of deals, um, but we have a lot of people, so we, we, can, we can handle it. But um, the thesis is, is, is pretty general, actually. Um, it's, it's about, well, we, 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 li we like uh, second-time teams or third-time teams. We like, we like uh, companies that, that, are having, that have a, a huge market. We, we, we need to see the opportunity for a unicorn, you know? We, 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 we don't invest in companies that may become big but not unicorn if everything works out of course usually usually not everything works out so they won't all become a unicorn that would be great but that's not the case but we need to see the potential of that needs to be able to get big a great team um you know good traction obviously we, we need we need to see traction we need to understand or or, or see and believe that 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 people will want to buy the product that they're making um and of course, what we look at is, is, is other investors in the round. And, and this is important because as a syndicate, um, we have limited capacity to do due diligence. We do due diligence, absolutely. We, we, you know, we, we try to talk to customers. We, 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 we look at everything they do. We look at their deck, of course. We look at their finance. We, we, we ask access to a data room. But at the same time, uh, a VC, Usually, as analysts, as people, you know, really diving in, taking a week or two to 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 you know, pretty much dissect everything that the company does. Um, so, if you have VCs in a round that gives you some sort, you know, of security that a strong due diligence has been performed, and it gives you some kind of indication that, well, if a certain VC believes in this company, then the chances are a bit higher that it may become a success. Interesting, and uh, you know, when, when it comes to uh, market uh, size, you know, how, how do you how do you look how do you assess you know uh, market size and you know market timing when you looking to invest into startups? Uh, it's really tough, you know. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, um, every pitch that you know pretty much states that they have a thirty billion market or one hundred billion market, they say there'll be a one hundred million ARR company within three years. I mean, I'm you. If if a pitch does not have that that slide, I mean, that's strange, you know. Every pitch has a slide, but but so, so we, we we try to, you know, re really do our own uh, calculations and 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 see if it makes sense what they're saying. And we don't need to see a one hundred billion market as as long as we have we have, we have the feeling that the company is able to grow this much that that it could become a unicorn and, and and that could be in a smaller market as well. You know, if if it just takes a bigger market percentage, that's fine. Um, but but overall, the numbers in pitch decks are pretty much inflated. Uh, 
that's okay. Everybody does it. Uh, we know that it works like that. And, and, and we try to think of those numbers well. What if those numbers... What if we divide the numbers by two or by three or by four? Is it still is it still an interesting deal? It's still an interesting company, still an interesting market size for us. If 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 it's a no, we, we got to dive in for it. If if it's a yes, you know, uh, th- th- there's a bigger chance we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go further with them. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. Uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. What, what are your thoughts on, uh, for, especially for consumer companies, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, CAC to LTV ratios? Do you think at early stage uh, founders, should they focus on CAC to LTV ratios? Uh, and- yeah, so, so in, in the beginning of a company, um, um, it's tough because your, your, your acquisition costs are usually a lot higher because you have no brand, you, you have no people talking about you. Um, so the, the costs will be, will be relatively high, you know? So, so if you focus too much on, on, on the ratio, you'll probably end up not investing in companies that may become big just because you think, well, the, 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 the acquisition costs are too high right now. So in the beginning, the pre-seed phase, you shouldn't look too much at that, I guess. Well, from from seed on, from seed and on, you should look at that. If if they get traction, you need to see that there's <clears throat> that the graph shows that um, the ratio, uh, you know, is 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 getting healthier, it's getting better. And one thing which is important is that founders need to understand that um, customer acquisition costs will go down in the beginning. You know, uh, seed stage, maybe Series A stage, but at some point they're gonna they're gonna go they're gonna go up again. Even if you build a brand, it's still gonna be more expensive to get more and more customers. And I see most Pistex say that that, that acquisition costs will, will continuously go down, which is never the case. I've never seen a company, maybe once or twice when there's a super brand, but the, 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 at some point the costs are going to go up. So um, you need to understand that, that that as a founder, because if, if you think you're going to spend less and less on new customers, even when you're growing further and further, that's not the case. I mean, then you're going to spend too much. You're going to not have enough. You don't, you won't have enough money to keep on spending that. So you got to be realistic about this, understand this, and, and know how to play this game. And, 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 you know, how should founders look at presenting these metrics to their investors? Uh, are there any certain metrics that you think, you know, founders should, uh, should be specific about and uh, should present it to investors? Yeah, so, so I, I think they should always have a slide where, where, where they, in, in their deck, where they... Um, show some sort of understanding of this. And, and I know many, many um, early, early stage startups, they don't have someone on marketing. They don't have someone on, on, on sales, I guess. I mean, it's, it's mostly technical people, which is fine because I, I have a preference for technical teams because, because it means you, you, know, you need to build something in the beginning and that, that's where it all starts, I guess. Um, but, but, but they need to understand that at some point they need to sell the product. It doesn't how much it's gonna cost to sell a product and how much the customer's gonna be worth over time. Um, if they just write down that, 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 that how they're gonna you know um, uh, approach this and, and and show some sort of understanding that how these costs will, will go over time, it, it gives me a little bit more confidence. But but often that that's not even in the pitch deck, so yeah. we need that. Correct. And uh, you know you, you've written several books on on uh, marketing and online strategy uh, and digital marketing. Uh, you know. Uh, when the, when the founder is really starting off the company, you know, he's looking at 
uh, you know, doing a lot of cold calling or word of mouth uh, strategy, but you know, how much of uh, the budget, you know, should should they allocate on on digital marketing, and how soon should they should they look at these online channels to uh, start acquiring customers? Yes, well, it, it it depends on the type of company and, and and the type of you know the type of people or customers that they want to reach. But o- overall, the the online channel is is pretty cheap. Um, um, you do need to find the right channel. You need to test a lot. You need to test every channel available, even channels that you think will not be worth it. You still need to test it. Test as many channels you can, and 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 try to get you know uh, try to understand how much it costs to get a customer on every channel. And um, and then of course based on the on the on the on the um, results, focus on the best best returns returning channels, um, and also like the on- online channel because it gives you so much data, right? You, you you get so much data from your campaigns, while you know some other channels, some offline channels, they give you much less data. I guess. I mean, if you put an ad in in, in a paper, it's 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 tough to really understand how much. You benefit from that. While online, you you can measure every click, every view, anything they do on your website. It's it, it can be related to 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 the, to the one single cent you spent online. So that's why I love the online channel. But 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 still, you know, some channels are, are more expensive than others, and it depends on the company. But you need to test everything. Don't think you should just test three three channels. Test twenty or test thirty. I don't care as much as you can. And um, you, you know you invested into a lot of uh, YC uh, you know back companies, uh, and you know I, I read somewhere on Twitter that YC is useful for for pre product market fit, but not that useful for post product market fit. That's when VCs come in. Do you, do you agree on that, or do you think uh, you know YC community really helps you after the post product market fit as well? Oh yeah, so so. Um... I think it's also for, for later stage. In, in fact, there's a company here, here in my home country, MessageBird, um, which attended YC when they were already making big revenue. And, and after that, they've pretty much exploded. So, so YC is, helps you with your company and your strategy, but it's also about its network. I mean, the alumni network of YC is just huge. It's strong. Um, they will help you. So even for companies which are which are a bit further further, you know, in 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 their growth, um, YC can still give you a boost, give you give you another head start, you know, to, to competitors. So the only thing for a company, of course, I mean, if if you attend YC, you will lose seven percent of your of your equity. So if if you're a really big company, and uh, you know, you, you need to make a dedicated choice to to, to if, if do you want to, um, you know. Give up so much equity at a pretty low at pretty low uh, valuation, I guess. At the same time, like I said, you know the, the YC is really a powerhouse. It's 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 a force of nature. It's um, um, yeah, there, there there are so many positives about it, and uh, so so I, I would seriously consider it at, at any time, basically. Got it. And uh, and do you think uh, you know uh, companies like Y Combinator? And uh, Lambda School are, are really unbundling the education and you know making it cheaper and more useful for the for the for the founder or for people who are looking for jobs, especially from Lambda School. And do you think these sort of innovative uh, education companies are going to come out more in future and disrupt the university? Yeah, I, I find them really interesting. I mean, I mean, I, I follow Lambda School. Um, uh, I guess from the beginning, and at some point, I had an opportunity to invest in the company. I, I didn't. Um, because the valuation at that time was already pretty high, of course I was wrong because after that the valuation went up and up and up, 
And I, I know they've they've had they've had some some tough times, you know, recently and maybe a year ago, and, and they had to lay off a couple of people. But it's interesting what they do. I mean, I mean, it's 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 they pretty much found that the education is 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 not what it should be, and they found a certain solution for it. If you like the solution or not, I mean, I mean, even even you know, even it doesn't really matter. But but but. I think they were correct to see that there's an opportunity to, to get things better in education. And, um, and, and they, they, they found one solution. There are other companies with other solutions. I think something had to be done. And I, I think it's good that they had so much attention. Um, it's led to many other companies try, trying similar things. And it, overall, I think it's good for education because it means that also traditional education needs to improve, needs to get better, needs to find ways to help young people get educated and, and you know, um, grow in themselves. All right. And um, uh, I quickly want to talk to you. What's your favorite business book? Oh, my favorite business book. Um, wow, that's, that's a tough one. I read a couple of books on, 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 on VC investing. I, re- I read Jason Calacanis' book, uh, Brad, Brad Feld's book. Uh, those were really, really good for me because I, I needed to understand how this game works, and and they had a lot of great tips in them, and uh, uh, and they were both very well written books. So, so I, I like those. Um, there was there was a, a business book which I read like twenty years ago or something, which was about how people share knowledge within 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 their uh, within companies, which I found really interesting. But it's, it's pretty old now. But it's it was written by by Peter Senge. Um, I found it really interesting because you know sharing knowledge within companies is, is crucial. I mean, if you don't share knowledge within companies, you're, you're, you're developing the same thing twice, which costs money and time, I guess. And um, that was probably impressive, I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in the additional notes. Um, you know, if you could go back in time when you started working on your on your uh, fund, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? Yeah. So so. Um, one thing which is really important and a mistake I made is, is, is get someone technical in the founding team. Don't um, let your technology be built by a third party. You know, um, you need, you need, it's, it's the most important um, thing in a startup usually. And, and you, you need to have someone um, who can build stuff for you who, and, and, and you need to own everything you build. That, that, that's a mistake I made, you know, it's costly to build to let someone else build it, but but it's even more costlier if, if you need at some point to start building it yourself again from scratch. Waste of time, waste of money. You know, get someone technical on your team um, from the very first minute. All right, and and do you have any favorite online tools? Example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom. Yeah, my, my I mean my, my favorite online tool used to be Google Reader, uh, which which let me um, you know follow all the news in the world and. Um, right. But they quit, of course. So now, now I use Feedly. I think it's it's the tool. I, I, I well, I use Slack a lot for, for all kinds of stuff, and I use I use Gmail a lot for all kinds of stuff. But I think Feedly is pretty much a tool that I use every day for about half an hour, at least, maybe an hour, just to read about news. You know, it gives me the headlines for all kinds of publications I like, and it keeps me up to date on on companies, on startups. Uh, it's it's great. And one other tool I really like is Google Alerts. I guess and Crunchbase. Crunchbase. I, I spend a lot of time on Crunchbase as well. You know, uh, getting info on companies and see how they're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Crunchbase is also one of my uh, favorite tools uh, yeah, these days. Yeah, uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, uh, you know, what is the best way people can re- reach out to you and know more about your syndicate? 
Yeah, the, the, the best way is, uh, uh, well, I, I, have my, I have my personal website, which, which is links to all of them. It's, 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 it's my last name, bertrams.net, N-E-T. If they go there, um, it's links. It's got links to everywhere. It's got, it's got a contact forum, you know, reach out anytime. And um, that's probably fastest. Connor, uh, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, you know, thank you so much for taking your time speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Happy to do so. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.